It's mostly cloudy and 5 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9 o'clock. I'm Megan Cobb. The Alberta Children's Hospital is set to temporarily close 75% of its operating rooms tomorrow in response to the rapidly rising number of COVID-19 cases. HS confirmed the Calgary Hospital is reducing all activity as part of a level four pandemic response, which is its highest alert level. The closure of the operating room is in an effort to redeploy physicians and staff to other hospitals. More news in a moment, but first, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. I'm seeing more runners out my window just in the southeast. 11th Ave will be reduced to two westbound lanes from Olympic Way to 14th Street. So just keep an eye out for police directing traffic. Earn your MBA from Queen's Smith School of Business right here in Calgary. Find out more at smithmbainCalgary.com. From the 770 CHQR traffic helicopter, I'm Vanessa Arate. Charges have been laid in connection with the deaths of a mother and her child in Hinton. 53-year-old Robert Keith Major is charged with two counts of second-degree murder and indignity to human remains. The 24-year-old female and her 16-month-old child were found dead Friday after being reported missing on Thursday night. Police say Major lived in the same apartment complex as the two victims, but no other connection has been found. Major is scheduled for his first court appearance on September 21st. Decision Canada on Global News Radio. With the federal election looming, People's Party of Canada leader Maxime Bernier is winding up the final weekend of campaigning in the Calgary area. His polling numbers show an increase over what he did in 2019, but according to MRU political scientist Dwayne Bratt, it's not enough to win him any seats. But he has one issue bringing him a lot of support. The big issue that has galvanized the PPC this time compared to 2019 is anti-vax movement. His crowd is filled with anti-vaxxers, anti-lockdown, anti-mask, anti-COVID restrictions. Some of them may be there from two years ago who want to talk about immigration and multiculturalism and the CBC and foreign aid. And But this is primarily about COVID. Bratt says Bernier and the PPC are rolling into are polling into the teens in some ridings, but he's not sure if it's enough to cut into the Conservatives' lead in Alberta and cost them seats in Monday's election. The three major part or major federal party leaders are sprinting to the finish line ahead of tomorrow's election, trying to reach as many voters as possible. Liberal leader Justin Trudeau is holding campaign events virtually and in person in six provinces, including Alberta today. Well, NDP leader Jagmeet Singh is making seven stops in B.C. Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole is rounding out his campaign in Ontario, starting in Markham and wrapping up with an event in Toronto tonight. The 2021 Emmys are tonight and award show host Cedric the Entertainer and the show's producer promise it will be a celebration for all. But it could be much more rewarding, even historic for some. MJ Rodriguez is the first trans woman to be nominated in a performance category And of the 96 acting nods for drama, comedy, and miniseries, nearly 44%, a total of 42 nominations, went to people of color. Taking a look at sports, the Calgary Marathon is underway for the first time in 28 months, and Calgary firefighter Devin Featherstone is completing the race in full gear in an attempt to set a new Guinness record. Tom Brady's perfect 8-0 record against the Falcons is on the line in the NFL today. Brady and the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers host Atlanta in an NFC South showdown. 
Global News SkyTracker weather, the clouds are expected to clear, making way for a sunny afternoon with a high of 16. Cloudy overnight, reaching a low of 4, with a chance of frost, but the sun will be back tomorrow with a high of 17. It's 5 degrees at 9.04. Breaking news when it happens, our next scheduled update at 9.30. I'm Megan Cobb. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and we are sitting at uh, September the 19th already. Holy cow. Had a little bit of frost last uh, last week. A couple of the mornings were a little frosty. So I'm going to go out and cut back. Canada lilies didn't look to take it too well. The vermilionaire is not too well. Some of the potato vine. But a lot of the other stuff is still okay. So I'm going to cut out. Just a bunch of the dead leaves, a bunch of some of the dead blooms. The forecast looks pretty good for the next couple of weeks. So I'm hoping that they'll get revived and uh, and come back out. So get a couple more weeks. Still lots of uh, things you can do in the garden, obviously. There's, uh, again, looking out, seeing those empty spots. Getting your garden bulbs out and uh, picking up some tulips or daffodils, things like that. Those, it's a great time to plant all that kind of stuff. Just, just whenever you're doing that, make sure you're in a good sunny spot for bulbs. I just find in the shade, they just don't do too well. So, And this past week, had a few visitors uh, from the radio show just stopping in and saying hi. So, again, I appreciate that. And uh, the steady stream of the Green It Up team coming in and picking up their fall application and Everybody I talk to is having great results with the with the lawn fertilizer, the the MV on their street. So uh, that's nice to see. So it is this this month to get your last application on, and that'll help get your lawn to bed. And uh, when it wakes up next spring, it's going to be lots of nourishment in the ground, ready to go. And if you don't want to do it yourself, you can call our our Green It Up Lawn Fertilizer team. They will come out and do all that for you as well, and they'll. Also do the deep root injections on your trees and stuff like that. So, And when we get into these droughts, that's uh, the more important thing to do right now is ensuring that we're looking after those things, our trees and shrubs, giving them that moisture. So right now you want to make sure you start watering your trees sort of once a week, give everything a good soak and uh, let them get to bed uh, with a little bit of moisture into the ground. We're still, like, who knows, sometimes October we get some pretty cold weather. But at least if you give them a shot once a week, there'll be enough moisture because they need that when they wake up in the spring. Um, that's when they go for the, they go for it and start leafing out, setting buds, doing all that fun stuff. So ensure that uh, you are watering your trees, if anything, if you're not going to fertilize or do anything like that. At least make sure you get out and give it some water. That would be the most important thing. Um, at least if you could do that, that would be great. If you want to reach me, you can give me a call, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And actually, I think Jen is already on the line. So I'm going to go right down to the greenhouse down there at Spruce It Up. In the tropical paradise, I can hear it just whispering in the wind. The waves up against the <laughs> up against the greenhouse. The palm trees are wavering, and we got Jen. And we got Jen. Here I am. Jen. <laughs> good morning. How are you? Great. Good morning. How are you doing, Merle? I'm doing really good. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, had a good uh, little bit of a quiet evening, relaxing. So nice. Yeah. Good. Yeah, it was good. It was, nice it was too. good. Nice yeah, so it's it's good. Just uh, it was felt like it was could have been one of those stormy nights. At one time there yesterday it was pretty windy. What a day! So you weren't too sure. Yeah, what, that way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you weren't too sure what was going to blow in. So <laughs> I know. I know. But you know, um, one of our customers, Jane, she was here, and I I dislike the wind. I it's not my favorite. Um, and yeah. she said, "I love the wind," and I said. No, you don't. Like, what do you love about the wind? I don't understand. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> and, no, you uh, don't. And she said, um, I really liked it because she said she likes the way it sweeps everything up. She thinks about it as Mother Nature just doing her house cleaning and, and sweeping everything up. And I thought, yeah, I like that. Spreading like the that seeds. Attitude. Yeah, spreading the seeds. And and if you bought any of those fancy whirly gig things that we sell, <laughs> those wind spinners, if you love don't have no name. wind, you can enjoy that. You know I have what? one that's about, yeah. what's that? Yeah, you know, you're right, because I think you were here yesterday, and I mentioned that, too. It was just, or I don't know who I mentioned it to, but just walking through the breezeway where Suze has uh, a bunch of the, even our chimes hanging. It was yeah. really pretty, actually, to listen to. Yeah. Well, I have an old one in my backyard. It's um, one that we have, and it, it, it works on, the, it generates a little bit of power, and it lights up at night. Nice. So it oh, spins, cool. it lights yeah, so I've had it like for about five years. The thing still goes great, and we get these little blue lights spinning in, in the backyard <laughs> at night, so it's kind of cool. <laughs> you got to have something, hey? Yes. Something to look forward to. But without okay. wind, but it also helps spread the seeds. You're right. It, it does clean the trees out, yeah. um, all that kind of fun stuff. So you, we definitely need – and again um, – what do you what do you got down in the in the greenhouse for everybody in the perennial section? If you're looking to fill some of those spots, I still have actually quite a few perennials. Um, thanks to my boss, he brought in a bunch for us, and so he's a good guy some, here. Uh, coneflower, there's still sedum, there's still um, we still have vines. We have clematis down there. We still have hops. People were looking for hops. I know um, I had customers in yesterday looking for vines. We still have lots of daylilies. We have lots of Carl Forsters still. I know those are in, you know, peak form when people are looking in gardens right now. So um, people are having their eye on those. You know, it's another really nice vine. Actually, we stopped at Mark from Prunup's house yesterday. Yeah. It was his son's four-year-old birthday. So happy belated birthday to Luca. But he had this vine on his garage. And I think it was just the – it was the clematis. But he, he did have no blooms on it. But, man, it was just a full wall – of of green and it it looked really oh. awesome actually yeah I'm curious to know which one that is actually and going through the avails for clematis I didn't realize how many actually grow in our zone um, so you know for next year I was just I I picked some different ones that I don't think we've had in um, so I'm looking forward to that next year but yeah vines are a fun way to you know end off the season especially some of them that are leafy and and they turn color right the Boston ivy the Engelman ivy Virginia creeper. I don't have any in right now, but that's in terms of planning for next year and looking for color in the end of the season. That's one way to do it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm getting some good color. Actually, I was just looking out at my aspens. They're starting to turn red, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to get those orange colors. I have a red rocket maple in the backyard. It's just starting. Mm-hmm. And my pear tree is – those are ones that you get really neat color. Like it's just uh, – Oh, really? In the pear tree? It, yeah, it turns orangey-red. It's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. That is cool. Um, yeah. And, and garden mums, you got that if people want to add a little color to their front porch? You bet. Absolutely. We've still got some garden mums, and we've got some pansies in right now, and cute little um, 
the ornamental kale in right now. They're, I really like them. They're a smaller one. <laughs> so sticking them in a, a pot if somebody wanted to plant up a fall pot. We've got you those know what? In. Mm. I, was at, uh, I was at a golf tournament for a, for a, ch- a children's charity, Business for Kids. Yeah. Phenomenal charity. All the money goes right to the kids anyways. But it was at a, at a golf course. But anyway, they raised 175000 last week. So Holy. phenomenal job. So good job on those guys. For, in one day, it was unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but awesome. the golf course used um, red, they had a flowering cabbage that had a red in it. Oh. And I haven't really seen it before. And I'm going to okay. find out what variety it is. Chris and I are going to take a drive out there this week okay. um, for, for some of our Green Up customers. But we'll we'll get that for, for us as well. I want to find out what variety. Cool. Because it withstands the frost. So it's really good in areas that you want to get that color. And then they just used Cosmos, and they had a few other things that they added to it. Yep. And with Carl Forrester grass, because that'll give you color right into October. Yep. So it it looks um, – I love when I go places and I just say, like, wow, that's a great job. Mm-hmm. Like, so the gardeners at that golf course at the, at the Glencoe Club, they do a phenomenal job, and it's beautiful. And so awesome. good okay, work on good. those those peeps out there. Um, did a phenomenal job and just just I love when they when they do it for their climate because it's on the west side of Calgary. It's a little mm-hmm. cooler. They're gonna get frost, so they really know what they're they're doing and and placing the right plants and and uh, and doing all that. So it's uh, it's pretty cool. So. That's half the battle, isn't it? You know, instead <laughs> yeah. of fighting fighting what doesn't work here and and kind of working with what does work here, and then you can enjoy it so much longer and you don't have to stress about it. Well, that's what I liked about it. Because then, when I went, when I'm looking, I go, it looks like they didn't, they weren't trying to. It wasn't subpar in any ways. Like it looked right. like top notch, but awesome. it was using the right plants in the right position, da da da, right location, and that's the that's like you said, half the battle. Like we have so many great plants that'll grow here, but we still get people that try and jam spruce trees right up against a house or different right. things that we have. There is column, there's spruce, there's there's narrow spruce, there's proper spruce and, yeah. and evergreens that you can use um, yeah. up against your house and if you want to have that. And also in shade or sun, because the worst thing is when people try to put sun perennials in the shade yeah. and they go, oh, they don't look good. Well, yeah, they just, they, they're not meant to grow there and they won't do good there. So yeah. It's true, and that's, I think that's half the battle. I always encourage people to get a game plan. What is the look you're going for? And then let's help you accomplish the look instead of trying to fit right the, that absolute plant in there for sure. Yeah, and when we're, when we're doing design, we love doing that. Like just even get some pictures, send us some pictures of your stuff yeah. you like, and that will get us on the right theme so we can, for, so we can design it for you. So it's, uh, and Conrad in our landscape department, uh, he's a graduate of Guelph University and, and uh, with a horticulture landscape design degree, Thank the God guy you said is because I was like, I'm not designing it because no, me to no, do that. he but, yeah. he Conrad. is, um, yeah, he he uh, like, he joined us this year, and man, he's knocked it out of the park. He's such mm-hmm. a, and he's a great sales guy, knows his plants, he loves his plants, and uh, and he's just done such a great job. So if you're and especially over the winter, if you're looking to get some landscape designing done. Give us a shout, and uh, Conrad does the full 3D rendering so he can walk you through it when it's done. You can see what it's going to look like in one, two, three, four, five years. He can he can advance the age on it and yeah, things like that. 
he's been a great resource, even on the floor too, right? Quick customer question, and, and uh, when Conbrand's wandering, wandering around looking at plants for customers, he's for his clients, he's uh, he's just a great resource. He's he's very. The only thing is, I think he shops for himself a little too much. I think he buys. <laughs> he seems to. I see him walking out whenever he leaves that night. He always has a couple of plants hanging he out. Does his, shop uh... for himself, yeah. <laughs> I think we all do around here. Yeah, how can you not, Merle? How can you not? No, you guys got it looking pretty smoking right now, so it looks great. Tropical section looks phenomenal. Lots of great post plants in there. Mm-hmm. And all that other fun stuff. Too, if people are looking as well, nice pink um, trumpet-like flowers. That desert rose is a really pretty plant. See how root-bound they have those? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, those things are ready to go, too. Yeah, yeah. no kidding. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Jen. I'm going to let you go. Thanks, and uh, so if you want to go down and say hi to Jen and the team, they're down there at Spruce It Up today. Come on and uh, probably yeah. every other day. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Merle. All right, Jen. Take Bye. care. See you later. Bye-bye. All right. I think I'm just going to take a break. When I get back, I'll hit the phone lines on 403-974-8255. And also, I'll start answering some texts here on the same number. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. And Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's only year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I'm going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to talk to Barbara. Good morning, Barbara. Good, good morning. What a wonderful fall. Isn't it? We're having <laughs> – it's one of those ones where I think we're going to – because we didn't get the heavy frost, which sometimes we get between that August and September – which sometimes freezes the leaves on the trees. So <laughs> it looks pretty promising for the next couple of weeks. We're going to get some beautiful autumn colors yep. and uh, going into spring, or going into fall, and nothing better than that. So going to be good. So my question, uh, when uh, we're just finishing up our garden now, and what we want to know is, is it better to put uh, stuff that's still growing in the garden, like we've got some scraggly-looking Swiss chard, uh, wet in chopped up in the garden or is it better to dry it and put it in the garden if, if you just throw it in the garden it doesn't matter either one like once it gets out there it's so dry in calgary anyways like it won't take long for it to dry out and, when it's laying on top of the soil or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. just throw it on there wet work it in yeah absolutely okay that's great thank you yeah you're very welcome and Bye. that's some of the best things you can do for your garden is adding that natural compost in there Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Everything goes in there. Perfect. Okay. All Thank right. You. Thanks, Bye-bye. Barbara. Bye bye. All right. And I'm going to go to Diane. Good morning, Diane. Hi. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Okay. I have two questions. One is the, it's like grass uh, that I put in my plants. I think it's called Cordelian, something like that. Um, you put them, like it grows like a grassy leaf plant. And you put it in with your petunia pots or yeah, your geranium. Yeah, you use it as your as your as your uh, centerpiece or your thriller. They call it. Right. Okay. Yep. So I I did so well with my trees this year. I don't want to see them go. Is it something that I can bring in the house? Like I can separate him, put them in a pot, and put them in the house to grow, or do I just let them go like I do my petunias? Um, if if you have room to do it, you can definitely do that. You can bring them in and just treat them like a house plant. So just dig it out of the center of your pot, transplant it into a, another pot. Mm-hmm. 
And then okay. bring it in to a good, I would spray it down though really well, like lay it on the sidewalk or on your patio and just hose off the underside of it just okay. to ensure there's no like spider mites and aphids or anything in there. Cause this time of year, a lot of those bugs are going after your planters because those are some of the still stuff where there's nice juicy stuff, foliage good. for them to, to get nutrients from. Okay. And my other question is recently I had my blue spruce trimmed or what they guys had called it lift up um i had the lower branches uh, trimmed off and i noticed there's sap that's draining uh just like little streams down yep and that it, that's common is it yes it is and that's just oh, it's it's just sealing itself up um it's leaking out sap um that's that's pretty normal so okay sounds good thank you and you have so a good, just uh, ensure yeah mm -hmm. but just ensure um, Diane, that you're watering that spruce tree really well going into fall, um, okay. and uh, that way it gets to gets to bed with and can stay frozen, and you won't get any of that winter desiccation. So sounds great. Thank you. Have All a right. good day. Bye. You too. Thanks, Diane. Bye bye. All right, I'm gonna go to Debbie. Good morning, Debbie. Good morning. Hi there. How can I help you? I am uh, wondering, I have a mugle um, uh, tree or shrub or whatever you want to call them uh, that's about 20 years old and it is uh, getting into my driveway and I'd like to take a branch or two or trim it back. Can I do that with a 20-year-old mugo? And if so, how do, um, do can I cut it right at the trunk or can I also cut it mid-branch? Uh, if you cut it mid-branch... Yeah, if you cut it mid-branch, if there's nothing there, typically it won't leaf out there or needle out there again. Okay. Um, so you're better off to probably take it right back to the main trunk. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So, but just, yeah, just do one at a time. Go slow. Make sure you want to cut that one off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Follow and, back. Is and if I just want to take it down to, say, where there's, um, you know, the main branch with uh, the arms or the shoot off if i take it to one of those points will it reshoot up again or not yeah if there's some needles of some sort there yeah and depending on how thick of branch it is like they're not okay. ones that you can sort of top like you can like a shrub and take it halfway and it'll rejuvenate okay. itself yeah they don't okay. really do that so okay all right um, and then for pr keeping it pruned during the season um the, the best way I is when the new fingers come out I just yeah. break them in half all the time. Okay, okay. Because then that right. way it'll thicken it up. It'll force it to grow. So when you break off, if there's a bunch of single fingers yeah. come out, when you break those all in half when they're uh -huh. soft, the next year you'll probably get two or three out of that same spot. Okay. And then the next year, if you break all those, you'll get like six or seven. So, okay. But it'll stay a lot thicker, and it won't just shoot right. out those big branches where it gets leggy on you. Yeah, yeah. So whenever I see that, it's always good to uh, just do that with those. You just break off the break off the fingers, just snap them in half, and it's really easy when they're soft. You just go long, right. and and, okay. uh, and you can either use pruners or you can just use your fingers, whatever. Right. Um, and so, uh, is this better to do in the fall, the spring, if I'm going to take a branch off or part of a branch off? Or um, right, right now it's fine if it's in the way. Um, you're better off just to take it off now. If it's sort of long and leggy into the driveway, it needs to go. Um, if you do it now, that'll give it time still to heal up. You'll be fine. 
Okay, and so is uh, fall the best time to do it? Because we can wait till spring too. So um, it's it really to on those ones on those kind of things. It really doesn't matter. Like, okay, um, it's just better to get it off, let it heal, yeah. let it get used to what's going on, and then next okay. spring it can start any kind of new growth that it's going to do. It's not going to waste any any energy on that branch if you end up cutting okay. it off. So. Okay, and it won't bleed to death, or the sap won't. Like no, you'll get some. Just like the previous color, you will get some sap out of there, but it won't bleed to death. Definitely not. Okay, all right. Good. Alrighty. Thank you, Merle. Enjoy your show. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye bye. Yeah. Bye bye. All right. I need to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. It's mostly cloudy and 9 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9.30. I'm Megan Cobb. Tomorrow is Election Day in Canada and polls are open for 12 hours starting at 9.30 a.m. Make sure to bring a piece of ID and your voter card when you go to cast your ballot. Alberta's restriction exemption program comes into effect tomorrow as well. And a printable proof of vaccination card is now available on the My Health Records website. The leaders of four healthcare unions and the Alberta Federation of Labor are calling on Premier Jason Kenney to seek help from the military and the Red Cross to battle rising COVID cases. A spokesman for Alberta's health minister says the military and Red Cross would have limited ability to provide clinical resources, so no requests have been made. Sunny and 16 today, cooling to four overnight with a chance of frost. Tomorrow will be sunny and 17 degrees. It's 9 degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 10 o'clock. I'm Megan Cobb. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. We've got a couple of quick tests. Good morning, Merle. Is it worth trying to overwinter Vermillionaire? Mine are looking so great right now. And your lawn fertilizer is amazing. No more weeds in the piece of grass I use it on, and it's the healthiest I've ever seen it. Paula. Um, Paul, you, you can, I, I, it's probably not, you can try to winter the vermilioner, but what I'd probably do if, if you're going to bring it inside, I would create a stock plant from it. So plant it into a six or eight, eight inch pot, let it go for a while. And then around February, I would just take some cuttings off of it. So actually maybe in December or something, maybe cut it back. I would take about a third off top, then in January or in February, March sort of thing, you'll have a whole bunch of new growth by that time. I would take some cuttings and then just repropagate it. It it just it's gonna get this big and leggy on you though. That's the problem. Like mine are probably about twelve to fourteen inches high. And they're just gonna keep getting bigger, but they kinda get worn out after a while. So you need to either rejuvenate them, cut them right down, or propagate them, and that will help you get going on that. So give that a try Paula and and uh, I was thinking the same thing but mine got pretty frosted so I'm going to cut them off right now in the pot and then see what I get coming for the hopefully the next two or three weeks because it looks pretty promising up there it looks pretty nice right now so that's what I'm going to give a try to and uh, that's great about your uh, fertilizer I'm glad it's working good for you and I'm going to go to Leslie good morning Leslie hello hi there Hi, Merle. Hi there. How can I help you? Um, I've got a couple of questions. First off, I've been using your your um, green it up fertilizer on my garden too, along yeah. with my grass. 
Now, should I um, put that fertilizer um, later on in the garden? And what I have in my, they're raised beds without bottoms. And yep. there's just flowers and rose bushes, no veggies. So should yep. I use that or Absolutely. should I just use Rage Plus for the fall? <laughs> um, in Rage Plus, I wouldn't do that in the fall because really it's it's not going to, it's just going to sit there all winter. Okay. Uh, Rage Plus, you could do in the spring, but absolutely just, you could add some of the greened up lawn fertilizer into the soil and just mix it in. And then that way it's going to feed the soil. And then once you get going again, you'll be perfect in the spring. Okay. And I just have another question, excuse me, about roses. Um, my rose bushes just took off. They're Morden roses, yeah. and um, I've got a couple of runners. Um, so with the runner, runners, should I just cut it off at the bottom? And yeah, are you getting roses, no blooms? So did they come out um, below the below the graft sort of thing? They came off the root. Yeah, they came off the root. Yeah. So yeah, just just go down as deep as you can, cut those off, because those won't get any blooms anyway. So what most of these rows are all grafted onto a hardy rootstock. Okay. So those are just the hardy root that is is uh, sprouting up. Yep. Just cut that off. You're absolutely right. And and the rose bushes in itself, they're about between three and four feet tall. They really took off. Um, wow, that's good. I, I realize. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. That I should. I left some of the the blooms on to form rose hips, but um, later on, say into October, should I cut them down to about two feet? No, I would just leave them. I leave them all winter. Okay. Um, because so that way, cause if you cut them back in say October, that just opens up all those fresh wounds, those cuts. Oh. to frost damage so then if you get any winter kill it's going to go deeper so if you leave it tall all the winter kill or desiccations happens on the tips okay and then you then you trim it down in the spring and then that way you're not losing any more any more branches or anything okay so then <clears throat> the only thing i should take off are the shooters then yep no the rest of it i leave it all winter and then in the spring, when you start seeing the new growth come up, you can see where the winter kill is. Yes. So you just trim it up, even it up at that point, and uh, trim out any dead, damage, or disease branching at that time. Okay. And then you're off to the races, and then then it's going to start out nice and healthy. But do that when they're just when those little buds are only about like a half inch, just all sprouting out. Sort of look at your rows. If you have one that's sticking way up on one side, even it up at that point. And then that way you end up with a nice, healthy-looking rose, too. Oh, okay. Thank you very much, Merle. All right. Thank you, Leslie. Bye. Have a great day. Bye-bye. All right. And I'm good to go. I'm going to go to Deborah. Good morning, Deborah. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Good. Uh, so I bought two bougainvilleas in the fall, and I put them outside in the summer, and they just went bananas in the sun and the heat and awesome I have just gorgeous gorgeous pink blooms all over and they are uh you know they're trailing so they're pretty long um and now obviously i want to bring them in and not lose them so yep any advice yeah absolutely actually mine was outside too but i did get a little bit of frost on it so i'm going to peel off a bunch of the leaves that did get frozen um okay. but actually underneath it it was still okay so i i i like to bring them in as well so 
I, I usually just give them a quick spray. I sort of lean them over, or if you get underneath it, to spray off any of the spider mites or aphids or anything like that. And then I give it a quick spray with Pure Spray Green, and and that kills any fungus or any other kind of bugs or anything that you're going to be bringing into the house. And you're good to go. They love a good bright location, um, and they and they love doing. Uh, they love being inside the house. So. So do I need to take care of any bugs that might be in the dirt as well, or just the leaves? Um, and- just the leaves for the most part. Like if you if you potted it in regular potting soil and stuff, you should be fine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do I have time for one more quick question? Uh, yeah, you do. Um, so I I grew a lemon tree from some lemon seeds that I just bought lemons at the grocery store. Anyway, it's about two feet tall now. And it looks Holy like cow! Big, nice. It looks, yeah. Well, obviously no lemons, just lots of beautiful shiny leaves. But I just um, do they like to be root bound or do they like space? Like I, they I just do like, like to be root bound a bit. Yeah, and they like a taller cylinder pot. They don't like a big, big, uh, big wide pot. They do like a taller cylinder type pot, okay. and they do like to be root bound. That helps getting get them to produce more fruit, because if they have all this room to grow. Um, they they have no reason to reproduce, right? So they kind of need to get stressed out a little bit to reproduce too, um, and also feed them. If you're not, are you getting any blooms at all? Or no, not yet. It's about a year and a half old. No blooms okay. yet. Okay, so you should pretty soon just feed it with some fifteen thirty fifteen or ten fifty two ten. Okay. Um, just get some phosphate into the soil. And then that'll help get it to bloom. And then, but for a general maintenance on them, they do like the thirty ten ten. But you can wait like a year or so till it's a bit more mature. But just stick with the like the ten fifty two ten or fifteen thirty fifteen, just to help get it some blooms and get it healthy. Okay. And they do like a clay pot. They prefer to get a nice clay pot, a little bit taller cylinder type, not big and wide. Great. Okay. Great advice. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks, Deborah. Have a good one. You too. Bye bye. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to take a break for a few commercials. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. And if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open. You can call me at 403-974-8255. We did have Steve and John and we lost them, but we still have Brian on there. Let's go to Brian. Good morning, Brian. Good morning. <clears throat> Hi there. How can I help you? Merle, we have a, a cedar shrub in front of the house. And okay. it's getting too tall. Okay. And uh, what do we do? I'd like to trim it down. How far can I yeah. trim it down? Well, how like uh, you can go, to, and it really depends on the size of the branch, but there's no reason why you can't take that sort of um, 8 to 12 inches down below your eaves, if you like. Uh-huh. I probably wouldn't go much more it's than that. under the eaves, uh, right in the open there. Oh, okay. So you just want to keep it at the height it's at, or you want to let, how, you just want to get it lower? I want to get it lower. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I wouldn't take off much more than that, like six, eight inches sort of thing to a foot at the most. Uh-huh. Yeah. So the, the, some of these branches or leaves, whatever you want to call it, they started getting brown already. Yep, and that's really normal right now. We're seeing a ton of it. I probably have 
eight texts right now regarding that on spruce trees and pines. Uh-huh. Um, pitch, people are sending me pictures of the – and if it's on the inside, it, it's really quite normal. It's when we get a really dry, warm year like this as well, uh-huh. it adds to it. So what they're doing is they're shedding their old needles – and yeah. and and so it's a natural process. It just certain years like this, it stands out way more. So, and when is the best time to do it? When it's cold, or in the winter, or freezing, or right now? Um, yeah, right now you could do it, or you could just do it early spring. Either one, like I said, but I wouldn't take much more than that. If you're just trying to shape it yeah. more than anything, well, no, this is in the right shape, but you just want to have a short. Yeah, you just want to keep it a little shorter. Yeah. Yeah, so just find the height you kind of like to get it at, and then just every year you just sort of, as it grows a little bit, just have to trim it up just to keep it at that nice height. Okay, well, thank you very much. Yeah, you're lucky enough to get a cedar high enough that you have to actually trim it, so that's good. All <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, right. <laughs> All right. Thank you so Take much. Take care, Brian. Yeah, yeah. thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, he's uh, one of the lucky ones here in Alberta. Um in some areas, do very well. Like you go through, uh, like Deer Run and and River Bend. River Bend seems to be like a little microclimate. Seems to do really well um, for that um, with cedars and some of the some of the other plants that you're trying to push the zone. Also, getting lots of text as I mentioned to Brian there um, regarding evergreens. Like another one here from from Devin. Um, the center of his spruce trees are going brown. It's really just a natural shedding process, and anything you can do, get out there. If you can hose them down just to knock off some of the needles, you don't have to rush it. Um, hose off the dust, get some moisture into the into the needles, and just let it drip down. Ensure that we're watering our trees. In two or three weeks, all those needles will be gone, and we won't notice it. It, it comes and goes pretty fast, so I, I wouldn't worry ab- about that too much right now. And I got another text here. Two questions. Watering trees around the drip line. Yes. So the drip line is sort of the outer edge of the branches of your trees and, and that, your evergreens or your or your deciduous trees. I like using those sweaty hoses and leave them out there for six or eight hours. That way you're not wasting any water. All the water goes into the root. If you do that once a week, you're not using absorbent amounts of water, but it's getting down in there for the tree where it's going to be nice and beneficial. And those hoses are nice. You can lay along a hedge, or if you have a bunch of trees in a row, you can just lay it out there and it waters a whole bunch of trees at one time. So those work really, really well. And grow lights. What should I be looking for is the other question. Um, full spectrum light. Um, you just want a good quality. Um, we have... I think it's called Grotonics or something. It's a it's a local company that is actually doing it out of Calgary here, and uh, we carry their product in our store. So they're a great one, and it's good to support local. So if you want to come check them out, we have a bunch of different sizes and types as well. So more than happy to to get you going on that for sure. And if you'd like to join me after the break. Uh, you can call me at 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Got a quick text here. How do I overwinter geraniums? And right now, that's where a lot of people want to do it. You can either do it 
as a stock plant. So you dig them out of your pots or if you have them in planters or whatever you have them in. And it's good to transplant them at this time and put them into like an 8 or 10-inch pot. And you can put one or two depending on the size of them as well. And what I would do is sort of cut off all the blooms, cut them back a bit at this time, um, let them root in, and they'll get growing nice, get some nice new growth. And then just let them treat them like a house plant and grow them along. You can keep feeding them 15, 30, 15 throughout the, throughout the winter. About January, just take off the top 25% and just give them a little bit of a haircut in January. And then they'll get a bunch of new growth. So then when you get into February, March, you can take cuttings if you'd like. If not, that'll just thicken up that geranium, get it ready for spring and you can just put it back outside at that time, or you can propagate it and take some cuttings as well. Or some people take them and they hang them upside down or they stick them in a cool, dark place, take them out of the pot and sort of hang them upside down. I've never done it. So if anybody has some success with that, that want to call in, that would be great. And uh, maybe let us know how you do that and what you do to have the success. I've, I've just never really done it. I've had lots of people tell me and, and things like that, but it's just something I've never done. I've always just treat them as uh, stock plants and bring them in that way. So let me know if, you, if you've done that. That would be great. But right now I'm going to go to the phone lines. I'm going to go to Sharon. Good morning, Sharon. Yeah, good morning. Hi there. How Hello, can I help hi, you? hi. Um, I'm worried about mushrooms in my lawn. Okay. okay. I haven't had them lot? before, and now they're, they're quite prolific. Okay. Um. Typically, what what has happened? Have you had a tree removed in the last couple of years or anything? No. Okay. No, um, they just seem to have appeared. And I read you can um, put uh, dish dish soap on them, and uh, that should work, but it didn't work. Yeah, no, it doesn't really it it doesn't really work that well. Your best is just to pick them. Just go out there and pick them. Well, there's so many. And, yeah. That's that is your best solution because if you just run them over or mow them or rake them up, you just spread the spores all over. Because if you rake them, you kind of break all the mm -hmm. you break all the the mushrooms up. You know what I mean? So when you pick and them, then, do you pick just the tops or go right down below? Or yeah, what? get as much as you can. Like if you can just reach and grab it by the stem, mm -hmm. and just just give them just pull them all up as best you can. Mm -hmm. um, that's the best way. And and what happens is the spores got in there maybe from, I'm not sure if you, if you have somebody mow your grass or something. that A lot of times it's from if you've had a dead tree or oh, a tree yeah. removed in the last four to five years, and then the roots are underneath, and then they rot, rot off. Mm -hmm. And then, then you get that, uh, that it creates those, those spores, and mm -hmm. you'll get mushrooms and things yeah. like that. What, uh, what happens over the winter? Do you think they come back next year? or will they, they... Uh, Typically not. If you clean them up good, you'll be totally fine. Mm -hmm. um, and they, they come and go as quick as they can. They just happen to get those spores in there, that, that, and then all of a sudden you get a rain, yeah. and then they probably came right after a rain because mm -hmm. then the spores got activated, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you get the mushrooms grow. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, so, so probably after that, just throw on throw on the whole lawn. No, there's just, no there's mushrooms. no easy mushroom <laughs> button that we can get rid of them. No, like there's some stuff like people say put iron on it, do all this, but I just find like it's just better just to pull them out. That's going to give you your best thing because then you're not because the more you spread it, you're just spreading more spores, and yeah. then that's sort of where you get more and more. So I myself, 
I just go, just pick the few that you got, or if you have lots, pick them and, uh, and then just toss them into the composter mm-hmm. and, uh, and then go that route. Then that pretty much solves it right away. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. Thanks very much. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. Thanks, Sharon. Bye-bye. All right. And I think I'm really close to having to take a break. So I might have a quick text here. Oh, this sounds good. This is a great picture. I have a pool in my backyard and my flowers and all my gardening is in pots. I miss spring bulbs and tulips, daffodils, but would like to try again. Any suggestions? Yes. If you have a, oh shit, they have a heated garage or Lori, they have a heated garage. If it's better, if you have an unheated garage or if you can just put them into some of the bigger pots and plant them in the soil here this fall and then just tuck them in a shady spot somewhere in the yard um, where they're just going to stay frozen, but a big enough pot where there's enough soil to, to keep them frozen. And then this early April, even March, you can move them out into the sunnier spots. You can start watering them a little bit and give a few a try around the pool. That would be gorgeous. And uh, hopefully you'll get some daffodils and that uh, coming up around your, around your pool. Or if not, you can come visit us in the spring. We always get the spring tulips in bulbs or in pots already growing but it is nice to get them going in your own pots but that's how i would do it in a heated garage it it won't work it's too warm for them anyways i'm going to take a quick break if you'd like to join me after the break phone lines are wide open 403-974-8255 you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770 chqr It's mostly cloudy and 9 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Megan Cobb. Alberta's restriction exemption program comes into effect tomorrow morning. Businesses can either take part or comply with strict public health restrictions. Businesses that choose to follow the program can serve people with with proof of a COVID-19 vaccination, a negative test result, or documentation of a medical exemption. However, the program does not apply to retail businesses as they are considered necessary for daily living. With the province's intensive care units swamped with mostly unvaccinated COVID-19 patients, the leaders of Alberta's largest health care unions want the military and the Red Cross called in to help. They gathered together Friday night to compare notes from their workers with the president of the United Federation of Labor, Gil McGowan, saying the health care system is falling apart. Heaven forbid that uh, anyone gets in a car accident or has uh, or has a heart attack, the resources are just not there right now. And that, that's why we say that the system is not just on the verge of collapse. It is collapsing. It is essentially a non-functional healthcare system at the moment. The press secretary to the Minister of Health, Steve Buick, responded to Global News in an email saying, quote, the military and Red Cross would have limited ability to provide clinical resources, so no requests have been made to them to date. He goes on to say, if and when their assistance is needed for things like patient transport, they will support requests as appropriate. Decision Canada on Global News Radio. The three main party leaders have packed schedules as they try to reach as much of the electorate as possible ahead of tomorrow's federal election vote. Liberal leader Justin Trudeau kicked off the day with an impassioned appeal to voters in Montreal this morning. Because, my friends, Canada is at a crossroads. We now get to pick the right direction for our country to keep moving forward or to let conservatives take us back. And I know 
from everything we've been through together over the past 18 months as a country, that there really is just one direction for us. Trudeau has a series of virtual and in-person events planned in at least six provinces, including Alberta today. While Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole is spending the day in Ontario, starting in Markham before heading to Toronto. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh has, a pa- has packed his schedule with seven stops in BC. If you're infected with COVID-19 or think you have it and didn't register for, mail in, for a mail-in ballot, you will have no way to vote on Monday. That's according to Elections Canada, who says it's unfortunate, but that's the legislation, or that's the legislation it has to follow, and only Parliament can make changes. Kristen Radke of Morinville is COVID positive and now can't exercise her fundamental right on Monday. She says Elections Canada should have an option for those who are infected. Because I think this one is a really important for everybody. And I just felt really, uh, wow, now I can't vote. Frustrated, I guess. That's how I would feel. It's a tough pill for Radke to swallow, who is double vaccinated, and likely tough for thousands of others who will also be infected on voting day. Innisfail RCMP are searching for a white, newer model pickup truck that may have some front-end damage after it struck a a 77-year-old man yesterday afternoon. Global's Thomas Dias with the details. Mounties say the man was hit by the truck after rushing back to a rural road after witnessing his own truck being driven away as he worked in an adjacent field in Red Deer County. The white truck that struck the man is believed to be connected to the theft of his own truck, and investigators say a blue car with a female driver is also thought to have been involved in the incident. Another witness was at the scene with police called and a victim airlifted to a hospital by stars seriously injured with his stolen truck found abandoned a short distance away, you're asked to contact Innisfail RCMP or Crime Stoppers with any tips in the case. Thomas Dias, Global News. Taking a look at sports, Blue Jays pitcher Jose Barrios faces his former team this afternoon when Toronto and the Minnesota Twins wrap up a three-game series at Rogers Centre. The Jays beat the Twins 6-2 yesterday as they moved into the second wildcard position in the American League. Global News Sky Tracker weather, the clouds are expected to clear, making way for a sunny afternoon and a high of 16. It will be chilly overnight with a low of 4 and a chance of frost, but the sun will be back tomorrow with a high of 17 degrees. It's 9 degrees at 10.05. Breaking news when it happens, our next scheduled update at 10.30. I'm Megan Cobb. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone lines. I'm going to go to Marie. Good morning, Marie. So I hi, you, Marie. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Oh, How can I help you? About three weeks ago, I sent you a photo of a tomato plant, and you responded and said it was fungus. Um, where did it come from? I've never, ever had that before. Is it- and was it fact, the one that was all distorted, like all the leaves kind of went distorted, looked like fingers if a person's had with really bad arthritis and all and, crumbled and, up? And blotchy. Yeah. Yeah. It just it just sometimes comes from overwatering. It could just come. Um, it, it, it's a weird one because I'll, I'll have it even sometimes if you're growing a whole bunch and it's fairly contagious. So you do want to get rid of it. Um, all of a sudden you'll have one plant that'll just go that way. So I'm not too sure where it comes from, but I just know it's a 
it, it's not there's nothing you can do once you get that okay that so, fungus. so you can't spray well you, you couldn't no and tomato. what i would do is if you if it was in a pot i would get rid of that soil i would put it I would I would put the soil just into the compost bin or something like that. I wouldn't reuse that same oh, okay. pot. Okay, I, I was going to ask you that next if if it overwinters in the soil. Yeah, it does. It can be in there. The spores can be dormant and then go again. So, so I not- would just empty the pot out, and then you can just spray the pot with a bleach or a Lysol spray or something like that. Okay, and the ones that I had in the garden, what would I do with the soil there? Um, were they getting that same disease out there, that same fungus? It, the one the one in the garden, actually, it was given to me. That's the one that, that started it all. And they were uh, there were three of them in the garden. Yeah, so what I would do is I would just dig that soil up, leave it real lumpy uh-huh. so it can air out really good. And you maybe want to put a fungicide in there, either like a pure spray green or, or, or uh, the Bordeaux copper spray. Okay. Mix some of that with water. Just treat that area. Okay. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah, but, it's a it's a weird one because all of a sudden your plant looks healthy one day, and then all of a sudden the next day you go out there and it's all crumpled up like it's right. And I had two tomato plants in pots quite a ways from the garden, and they even started to show signs. Not yeah. not too bad, but some of it is is it's similar some of the petunias will get it super petunias and some of it comes actually from people that smoke and i don't think the one on tomato does it but um i know like in certain growers like in propagation um companies um with these super like with the wave petunias and certain petunias if you smoke and you have the some of the nicotine on your fingers and you touch these petunias it causes some of these diseases as well because it can be spread from tobacco Oh, for, and, it, it uh, can't be spread by the smoke, can it? Because I have no. five adults next door who all smoke. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not not from that. No, okay. it just yeah. I hope not. Anyways, because we use nicotine bombs sometimes in the greenhouses to to eradicate uh, um, all the bugs. So if if people are looking for a reason to to quit smoking, there's a good one. <laughs> no, it's yeah. to kill bugs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank but, you. All right. Thanks, Marie. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. (laughs) Let's go to – oh, yeah. And someone – I got a text here, and it has nothing to do with gardening, and I really didn't want to touch on this subject, but I will, as it is election day tomorrow. And I guess we've been mentioning the the voting is at 930, but it's actually 730 till 730. So – um, just so you know, the, the voting boxes and all that open at, and actually I'm looking on my voting card right now at some 7.30 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. The voting stations were open, so so make sure we all get out there and uh, do that voting thing. And uh, I think most people know which way I like to go, so I'm a little on the right. So we'll probably just leave it at that for right now. Let's go to Kathy. Good morning, Kathy. Okay, actually, Kathy left us. She's. I'm going to go to Lee. Good morning, Lee. Hi. Good morning. Uh, I hi there. Well, hi. Hi. Good morning. Uh, I asked. I asked you the question, but I not quite understand. I asked you the question on the text line, but I can't. I quite understand what you're talking about the boxwood. What What do you What do you mean? The boxwood use wilted pop? Wilt proof. Yeah. So what What that is is. Uh, 
wilt proof is an anti desiccant. Um, so that it's like a lip balm, you know, like at this time of year, a lot of people okay. put the lip chap lips and stuff like that. So um, wilt proof is an anti desiccant. I call it the lip balm for our tender evergreen. So if you have the calorie boxwoods or any of the boxwoods, your cedars, any tender evergreens like that, you if you next actually mid this month, you can give the first application, give it a shot of the of the wilt proof and it just, just spray it all over the foliage and let it dry oh. on. And then what it does, it just seals in the moisture and protects it from those real dry winds we get in the winter time. So, so is, is the liquid thing that you to like a uh, using a bottle to spray them on? Absolutely. Yep. And then you can also do it like in the winter time if you if you make any of the seasonal green like if you get those like the cedar boughs and stuff if you have a Christmas wreath or if you get those if you get any of the greens out in your pots or anything like that um, you can use the wilt proof for that it really helps keep it fresh. So you you have those in your store? Yes, we do. Yes, okay. we do. Okay. Yeah, okay. it's called wilt wilt proof and it's in a wilt green proof. bottle. Yeah, it works great. It's an anti-desiccant. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Enjoy your show. Thanks, Lee. Thanks for listening, and thanks for calling and texting. You're a, you're a participant for sure. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> try, to learn, try to learn something every day. <laughs> Absolutely. We all do, and that's, uh, that's what we have to do. We do it all together, and hopefully we all learn something. Thank you so uh, much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. 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 I've um, got a text here. Is it a good time to trim a mountain ash? It's never really a good time to trim a mountain ash. They don't like to be trimmed unless they absolutely have to. Like, I, I'm not a big advocate. If you, unless you have dead damage or disease branching at that time, you can remove it at any time. But mountain ash do not like to be pruned or shaped or anything like that. Um, you can remove crisscrossing branches and things like that. So right now it's, it's fine to do it. But again, just um, just to prune it or cut it back. Um, definitely not. They're not one that like it because it opens up and they're fairly susceptible to to diseases and different things. So I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't look at that. And like I said, unless you have dead damage or disease, and then you can remove that as well. When is the latest you can plant grass seed in the fall? Uh, they say you can lay it out, but I I really don't see the point myself. If fall sowing of grass because I think a lot of times the seed just sits there and it can blow away, it could get washed away, the birds could eat it. Um, I, I myself, I would just wait till early spring, put the grass seed down where you want it. It's there in the spring because it's not going to do nothing till it warms up to germinate anyways. So I myself would just wait um, till you get to early spring and uh, rake your wake your soil area out really good put your grass seed in give it another good rake give it a shot of the the greened up lawn fertilizer as the seeding rate is on the bag as well and it'll help with the germination and get that going really nice so <clears throat> that's what that's would be my recommendation for myself and i got a couple more texts here wow hi merle can i trim our low growing juniper at this time of year like to cut it back a third or so. Thank you, D. Yeah, it's one that's kind of hanging over the sidewalk. I would just take it back a little bit at a time, and then even out in front of that, I would cut some of that grass out and uh, and make a bit of a bed. 
And but yeah, you can you can definitely do those junipers now. Actually, I just did mine a couple of weeks ago as well. They were starting to grow over the sidewalk, so you can definitely do that. And she goes, uh, "P.S. Love your greened up lawn fertilizer. What a difference!" Yeah, I know. I'm glad it's working for you. I really really appreciate that. Also, Merle, here's another text. Some of our silenced tomatoes are showing string growth on the bottom, and what that is. That's that blast blossom end rot a bit. And you're getting some really inconsistent water, but actually you're getting some gross out the bottom. It almost looks like the seeds are germinating inside your tomatoes. Um, I would just look at also if you're having any kind of calcium, um, lack of calcium, I'd add the calcium supplement to your fertilizer program for your tomatoes. It's probably too late for this year, but you could definitely do that for next year. So that's what I would do. Uh, <laughs> Gordy and Airdrie, I love this one. Best way to get rid of mushrooms is saute them in butter. But I'm not sure if I eat the ones off my lawn unless you know what kind they are. So so please be careful um, with that for sure. You never know. You might get the, the magic type. But again, you want to be very careful. I wouldn't recommend eating any of them unless you're 100% sure of what they are for sure. Anyways, I'm going to take a quick break. If you'd like to join me after the break, you can call me at 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone line. We're going to chat with Doug. Good morning, Doug. Hi, Merle. Hey there, how can I help you? Uh, I talked to you a week ago, and I neglected to ask one question. Uh, one item was the uh, sea salt for my uh, garden patch because I had the same problem with the blossom rot, and you suggested I put some of that on but leave the, the uh, ground lumpy. Yep. So you have the sea salt out there? Yeah, sea soil, not sea salt, oh, but I'm yes, sorry. sea soil. That sounds nope. better. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, we don't want to add any salt to our soil. So, but okay. you have. Uh, we I'm definitely have sea soil. Find such an item. Um, the yeah. The question is, I've been unable to uh, locate a product to uh, finish off a stump that I had a bush out here, and I wanted to um, kill the uh, stump itself and drill holes. Well, we have that. We, we have that in stock for you as well. Tetracide. Yeah, I'm not too sure. We 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 carry a product that is it's it's made. For, it's called Stump Out. Stump um, Out. Okay. Yep, yep. So we carry that. So when you pick up your sea soil, we'll have the stump. You drill holes into the stump and you pour this in, and it rots it from the inside out. Oh, that's it. exactly what I'm looking for. Well, thanks again, Merle. We'll probably talk to you next year. Sounds good. Thanks, Doug. You bet. Take care. Thank you. Bye bye. All right, and I'm going to go to Cheryl. Good morning, Cheryl. Can you hear me? Yeah. Hi, Cheryl. Hi. Good morning. Hey, I have some uh, garlic, and um, this this stems are, I, not in my garden. In my hand right now, I have a garlic clo- a thing from the store, and the garlic is like. A, an inch high already with the green stems. Can I plant it in the garden? With Absolutely. The- yeah. Right now you can even plant that. 
it, it would die back a little bit. But absolutely, you can do that. Uh, fall planting thing. of garlic is is great right now. Okay, but the thing is, it's already green. Yeah, it just it'll have a green stem, so that'll just die back a little bit. And but right oh. now, just plant it in there. It'll start developing roots and do everything that a bulb should do. And uh, fall planting of garlic is is some of the best planting, actually. They say. Oh. So. Thank you very much. Can you also tell me how deep to put it? Um, you probably want to go three to four inches deep for the most part. Really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. I love your show. Thank you, dear. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Yeah, three inches down is sort of where you want to go. You want to get it down a little bit deep so it, so it's down in the ground. And the nice thing with garlic, too, it is uh, most of it is deer-resistant. And and uh, so what you want to do is find a good good patch of soil for your garlic. And you want it in a nice sunny location as well. And we right now you're going to get mainly what we have is the hardneck garlic at this time of year. I know we have a few varieties. We have the Music German Red, and that's a gourmet garlic. And again, it is a hardneck um, garlic as well. And then we have the Siberian garlic as well, and that's a purple single stripe hardneck garlic as well. And uh, we have Matishi, and uh, and they're all going to be that uh, hardneck garlic. Um, that most of them are have the purple, except for the first one there, as mentioned, the music, and that's a porcelain hard neck garlic. And pretty easy to grow for the most part. The nice thing is, too, like I was saying, they are, they are, uh, <laughs> they are, um, deer proof. And as we use garlic in a lot of deer repellents and things like that. And then we also have, we have the uh, elephant garlic, which is a, it's quite a larger garlic, obviously, with the name. And then we have a Bogardi garlic. We have quite a few varieties of garlic right in right now. And Dugnansky and the regular ones. So um, lots of different garlics at this time of year. And uh, most of them, like you said, fall is a great time to plant your garlic. And it gets in there. The ground's warm right now. They're going to start rooting up. And and then once spring hits next spring, they'll start growing, leaf out, do their thing, create those gloves underground, and there's nothing like fresh garlic um, to have for sure. And I'm going to go to a few, a few texts here. Uh, unfortunately, this is uh, my color with the pool. Yeah. So what? Uh, yeah. Even if you even if you found a cool spot, maybe in a shady corner. Or something as best you can. Um, try and just try maybe try one or two pots and see how that goes. Ah, dahlia time. Hi, Merle. My dahlias are so pretty, but I know it is almost time to lift them and prep for winter. Can you explain how to do that properly? I have had limited success in the past, Adrian. Absolutely. What I always have done is I let them freeze the first time. So. When they turn all black on you, freeze down and kind of go a little bit mushy, not the bulbs, but the, the foliage on top. Um, I dig them out at that time, cut all that foliage off, <clears throat> shake off as much of the soil as you can, and then just leave them out in the sun as long as it's not below minus two or something like that. Let them dry out really nicely for a couple of days just out in the sun. 
And if you need to bring them in at night so they don't freeze, that's fine. Just do that, then put them back outside and let them dry out really nice. <clears throat> Get a cardboard box or an old styrofoam cooler or something like that. Put them in there with some just some cocoa moss or that temp product, something like that, or peat moss, or even potting soil would work. Make sure it's really dry, though. And then just store that in the coolest, darkest place you have in your house or <clears throat> Or unheated garage might be a little bit too cold. They might uh, get a little mush on that. But just find a cool, dark spot in your basement. Put them down there. And usually around uh, March, you open that up. They'll probably start sprouting little green things. And at that time, you can bring them out, replant them into at least a two-gallon pot and grow them on and get them ready for, for the spring. And when they get about 18 inches high, typically what I do is I cut a third off the top. So that way they'll thicken up on you. They'll be nice and thick plants. And then when I put them into my pots, I always put a tomato cage or something around them right at that time. So it's much easier. So it grows into the tomato cage. So when you start getting those big, beautiful dinner plate dahlias or the big flowers, they're not going to flop all over on you. And it's going to hold that up if it's in a windy spot or anything like that. It just gives it that support right from the beginning rather than trying to do it after it's already fallen over a bunch of times. So that would be my recommendation on that. If you'd like to join me after the break, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. It's partly cloudy and 10 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Megan Cobb. Alberta's restriction exemption program comes into effect tomorrow, which means some businesses will require proof of vaccination. Albertans can now download a principal vaccination card from the My Health Records website. An account is not necessary to obtain the card. Election day is tomorrow, and the federal party leaders are filling their schedules with final campaign stops. Canadian citizens 18 years and older can head to their assigned polling stations tomorrow morning, starting at 930 Charges have been laid in the death of a 24-year-old Hinton woman and her 16-month-old child. Robert Keith Major has been charged with two counts of second-degree murder and one count of indignity to human remains. Sunny and 16 today, cloudy and 4 overnight, and sun and 17 degrees for tomorrow. It's 10 degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 11. I'm Megan Cobb. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone lines. We're going to go to Min. Good morning, Min. Good morning. I have had a Japanese peony plant for sixty over 60 years. The oh, last wow. two nice. years, I will, the last, yeah, not this past year, but the year before, I had nothing. This year, I have just green leaves. Has it sort of forgotten to bloom? Well, it, and it could be just, maybe it just needs a little bump in some fertilizer. So right now, even if I would go out and I'd fertilize it like with a 15, 30, 15, something with a higher middle number, if uh -huh. you could do that, just just water it like first and then give it a shot of fertilizer right now, um, 15, 30, 15, and then give it another shot in a couple of weeks. So that way it'll download that phosphate into the bulb. Okay. And then next spring, 
when it goes to shoot up all the nice new foliage and the blooms, it's going to have some phosphate, which will trigger the blooms on that. So that should help out for sure. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, because those are gorgeous. And, and typically, they come up early. So you want to have that that food in there now, so that way it's in the bulb. And then when it kicks up its foliage and the blooms, because they bloom earlier than all the other peonies typically. So Okay. So what do I, how much do I put in? Do I put it into the water and then? Yeah, you mix it. It's a water-soluble, yeah. So just mix it into, just mix up the one liter thing that it has, that it, it has the directions for you. Uh-huh. And just make sure you water it well first um, with the straight water okay. and then give it a shot of fertilizer and then do it again in a week or so. And then that should set it up nicely for for next spring. Okay. And my second question is, how? what should I do? What should I put on a, uh, a, um, a pen that's left blue marks on something? What will take off... Uh, Pen marks. Oh, <laughs> I'm not too sure. Off of what kind of what kind, on a fabric or something? Yeah, on I've, a uh, on a um, a bridge uh, cover. Oh, ah, I you might just have to uh, like a wood thing. No plastic. Okay, yeah, I I don't really know. Like maybe just some sort of cleaner. Um, yeah. This is a gardening show, so I'm not too sure on that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's maybe you tell me I should you shout it out or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. There's that uh yeah, I would just get a good scrub like those uh those magic erasers seem to take everything off. So All right. Mr. Thanks Clean Guy, much. he advertises that. Try that. All right. Okay. Thanks, man. Bye bye. bye. <laughs> huh. I guess uh I guess that there used to be a guy on here long time ago shell buzzy he would always have he had his own shell buzzy cleaning formula he would always push that maybe i'll have to do uh uh, i have spruced it up i'll have clean it up for or clean it up cleansing product hey there's a new one clean it up i like that there we go all right let's go to mike good morning mike morning merle um, hey, maybe, how can I help you? Maybe acetone will work, like nail polish remover or something, but maybe that'll help. Yeah, <laughs> there you go, man. I like. I think I'm going to come up with that clean it up stuff first. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember listening to Shell years ago. So, Yeah, um, absolutely. I have a question about hydrangeas. We've got a couple of hydrangeas here, and I'm just wondering, I, I guess I can overwinter them in the house, but is there a way to overwinter them outside? What, what kind are they? Uh, I couldn't. I don't know. There, I bought them at a store that starts with C and ends with O. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure what kind. No, it depends what variety they are. Like, do they have? Did they have a tag? Let me just check. Sorry. Because some of the stuff they have there are are hardy varieties still. Well, it's so, sold here. You would think they'd be sort of. Yeah. Old, no, not old. necessarily. Not through there because the buyers in Vancouver. So right. a lot of them they'll send stuff. Okay. Uh, did I keep the tags? Sorry, yeah. I didn't keep you. We should have looked. That's okay. Called. Um, no. Oh, here and did is. you plant it in the ground or? They're still in the pot, so that's um, merit supreme. Yeah, I don't think that one is going to be hardy here. So that was more of a house plant or or an annual. Um, 
It says winter harvest, An annual I guess, plant. not here. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'll probably bring yeah, Merit Supreme. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't heard of that one as one of the hardier varieties. Um, is it a Bloomin' Easy pot? Oh, here we are. Merit's, Merit's Hydrangea. It is, no, it's zone six. Oh, okay. So That's no good. Yeah, okay. so it's basically just a house plant. Yep. Um, you could try and winter it. Um, put it into, like, just let it sort of cool off, get the first frost. I would probably transplant into a bigger pot if you wanted to, and then just stick it in the corner in your unheated garage for the winter. Mm-hmm. And just leave it there. And then early spring, you should start seeing it sprout up. Because I've done, I did the other one, that uh, ever-blooming one they have. It was a zone five. And I've done Japanese maples and stuff like that in a garage, no problem. So. Okay. I'll give that a try. I've been overwintering. It's quite a nice looking. Yeah, it's a nice, because then you get the blues and stuff on those. And we don't get those in, in the varieties that we can have grow that are hardy here. But there's so many nice varieties here, Mike, like like the limelights, the quick fires, the Annabelle. So there is lots of hydrangeas that will grow here. Okay. Okay. I'm looking I'm looking at a big batch of about like five hundred blooms in my front yard right now. So <laughs> there you go. Okay. All right. Thanks, good. Mike. Thanks a lot. Take Bye. care. Bye bye. All right. And if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, four oh three. Nine seven four eight two five five. If you'd like to give me a call, um, I'm going to do a couple more texts here. Hi, Merle. I have some amber amber jubilee nine bark that I'm growing as a hedge, and they are about three and a half feet tall. When can I trim them? Nine barks love to be trimmed, so you can almost trim them at any time. They're actually probably one of my favorite things to use as a hedge because um, different than the. Uh, old Catoniasters where they get that uh, scale, lots of disease. Plus the nine bark will grow way quicker. It gives you nice white blooms and it gives you some color. And and they do like to be shaped. So don't be afraid to shape that and it will do great for you. So uh, that Amber Jubilee should make a great, great hedge. And I know Terry uh, in the tree lot, he, he did also did one out of... Uh, of the hydrangeas, which is another, there's so many good hydrangeas that do grow here and they make great hedges or just that barrier between two properties or something like that, where you just want to have a, a bit of a line. And it just makes such a difference when you see a big batch of them, especially in a, in a straight line, you mix those with Carl Foresters. This looks awesome. Gives you a little bit feel that you, you might be in, uh, in Kelowna or Vancouver or something a little bit, and you can get that look with some of those things that you can grow here. And again, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And I'm going to go to the phone lines. We're going to go to Lou. Good morning, Lou. Hello. Hi, Lou. How can I help oh. you? Oh, hi, Merle. Um, I just have a solution for the woman who's wondering how to take blue felt pen, I believe it was, out of off of yeah. plastic. Simple thing. Hand sanitizer. 
works. Yeah, you know what? That hand sanitizer, yeah, it works great on those whiteboards as well. It just cleans everything right up. Yeah, and I actually had, a I had uh, I'm sorry. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I used to get salt pen in my polyester fabric all the time, and it, it takes it right out. <laughs> yeah, and we all have lots of hand sanitizer everywhere, so... Yeah. <laughs> you can, kind of makes you yeah, actually, and then I actually, Bryce, Bryce from our planting crew, he called in or yeah. he texted me that said he said isopropyl, which is basically the hand sanitizer oh, yeah. as well. Alcohol. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. awesome. Right. Thank you so much. Uh, good Thank luck you. With the clean it up show. <laughs> <laughs> we do everything. Yeah. Uh, Thank okay. you so much. Bye bye. Uh, let's go to Audrey. Good morning, Audrey. Uh, Good morning, Mauro. Um, thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm doing a bit of cleanup myself, and that's with raspberries. Uh, we've had buying raspberry canes um, for about eight, ten years, and for various reasons, for the last couple of years, we've just let them spread, and now they're totally surrounding our mountain ash. My question yeah. is, before I so dig them up and throw them out, can I actually transplant them back to where they originally came from, the raspberries? Yeah, some of them you can. I just let them go dormant or do it early spring. So just oh. dig down and shake a little bit of the root off. Get as much uh -huh. of the root as you can. Uh -huh. And and then have your hole pre-dug in the other spot. And you can yeah. definitely do that. So I can do that now, can I? No, I would wait till they go dormant or, or first thing in the spring. Oh, all right then. Okay, all right. That's, that's, it's that's just if good. you try and do it now and if you don't water and you break up the root they'll this more desiccate like on ones like that. Cause raspberries have a pretty tender, small fibers root system. Yeah. I would, I would do it early spring if you could wait. Oh, sure. Oh yes. Well, my husband wants me to wait. He wants me to leave him, but I, I, I yeah, I've just got, do I've it do early something. spring. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just, I would do that early spring. Unfortunately, early spring. I'm not a, I'm not a big advocate for doing too, too much in the garden besides replenishing the soil amending okay. the soil at this time of year because I like to leave a lot of the perennials and yes. everything, let it die back, let the energy go back into the root system. Uh -huh. And then and then that way it's mother, let mother nature do its thing a bit, right? We need its help as much as we can. And yes. then it will, it will oh. protect it. And then uh -huh. next spring it's good to go. Okay, so we actually we were down at Spruce It Up just a few week, uh, few days ago. We we stocked up on compost and and uh, that sea soil. Um, yeah. So uh, when I prepare the the um, you know the, the 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 ground where the raspberries originally came from is now I can do that now. So can I? Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Now is a great time to to get to mend your soil right now when it's still nice and warm. It's uh -huh. easier to work. You can. You can okay. lay the sea soil on top and then turn it over a little bit, work it in. I uh -huh. like to leave my soil a little bit lumpy over the winter time, oh, just uh -huh. to get let it, let the air get in there and it kind of freezes out any of the bad stuff and and lets All it right. breathe. And then okay. turn it over again in the spring, and then you can uh -huh. make it softer at that time. Okay. Can I have a, a, a thank you very much? Just one quick question. Yeah. I, I, no, pl go ahead. I planted. I planted. Um, some Ligularia um, because I thought my hosta had died, but then the hosta decided it didn't like the competition, so it came back. Um, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so, 
so can I? I can uh, transplant them now, so can't I? I can move my yeah, little you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, All just right. do it on a cooler day or first thing in the morning, and especially yeah. the ligula. If you just plant it this year, just yeah. dig up as much, and it should pop up no problem at all. And now, should I put the sea soil down in, in uh, where I'm going to transplant it to? Yeah, it doesn't hurt. Mix it in there. Not not full sea soil. Mix it in with no. your existing soil. Okay, but absolutely. Good. Thanks, many, many many thanks, Merle. Thank you. Bye-bye. You're very welcome. Thank you for calling. Bye-bye. All right. And where I'm at for time, I am going to go to Audrey. Good morning, Audrey. Okay, Audrey is gone. We're going to go to Ken. Good morning, Ken. Hi, Ken. Hi, how you doing, Merle? Good, good. How can I help you? Um, I found a little... Uh, I found a wild cherry tree in British Columbia that grows the beautiful, most tastiest cherries I've ever tasted. Okay. Now, I brought, I brought some home. I've got some seeds. How can I get this thing planted to start a cherry tree? Um, I don't think um, most of the cherries are all grafted onto hardy rootstock. So That's most wild. of the fruit... Yeah. Um, you, you can definitely try it. So what you want to do is I would just store those seeds until like February, March, something like that. Just let keep them dry, put them in a cool, dark place, like stick them in a, like a little like a Tupperware container of some sort, and then just keep okay. them in a cool, dry spot. And then I'd plant them next spring because to try and plant them now and keep them going um, all the way through the winter is going to be tougher. So I would yep. rather you see us start that early spring, and then that way if you get it growing, you, you'll grow it into like a six-inch pot, let it get get some good roots together, and then at that time, maybe in July or August, we plant it outside into the yard. But you can grow it outside, okay. but I would I would definitely let it get some roots established in a pot and then transplant it sort of like that July-August sort of thing. Okay, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, so just get yourself some seed trays um, and put some soil in there, plant them in there sort of that half inch down. You're probably going to keep them fairly moist. And uh, yeah, and you shouldn't have an issue at all. Um, what you might want to do is soak those seeds for a couple of days before because they're going to be quite hard. So that will help soften them up. Yep. Yeah, okay, do that before cool. you put it into the soil. Okay, But thank you. depending on what type they are, it depends where they're because that's why anything that you grow here in Alberta, typically we always get it grafted onto a hardy root stock of some sort. Like most of the apples, pretty much all the apples, cherries, and different varieties are all grafted onto some sort of uh, a different root stock that is hardy. And uh, and then the upper part uh, gives you the good fruit part. So well, I, I found this tree growing fairly close between Revelstoke and Golden. Yeah. Not off in the Okanagan anywhere, but between that area. No, that's that's neat. So yeah, let's uh hopefully uh hopefully that'll it'll come and uh and let me know how we make out and then we'll we'll uh we'll propagate that thing and then both of us will have some good cherries, we'll share them with everybody and maybe make a couple bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, Burl. All right. Have Thanks again. Okay, you too. Bye bye. All right. I'm going to take a quick break. And if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open for the last segment, uh, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to go to the phone line. We're going to go to Michael. Good morning, Michael. Good morning. Hey, how can I help you? I, ha- uh, I have uh, an old tree that I want to take down. Who do I talk to? Do I talk to the pruning guy? Yeah, you talk to Mark, and you can give him a call. Um, you can do it online on our website, or if you want to give him a call, you can call him at uh, 403. 403. 532. 532. 2500. Yep. And that'll get you right to Mark and he'll come out and give you a hand for sure. Okay. Thank you. That's all you need? Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Michael. Okay. Bye. Take care. Bye bye. All right. I got a few texts I'm going to finish up the show with. And uh, here's one Will planting garlic work in pots or does it need to be in the ground? It does better in the ground, but if you have some fairly large pots, or raised planters that are attached to the ground, that would work fine. It's just anything in pots in Calgary, depending on if we get those long periods over the winter where we get no moisture and it's really warm. Like last couple of years are like November and December and October have been really quite dry and warm all the way through up until Christmas time. And then we've get our snow and winter sort of more through January and February. So, it, that's that's the problem. So if you are going to plant it, if you can keep it in a cool, dark place or get it out of the sun, if you do put it in a pot, you can definitely try and grow garlic in there. I know people have done it with good success, so give that a try. Um, nasturtiums. Here's something. Ooh, this one's a little bit nasty. <clears throat> nasturtiums has brown spots and sometimes whole leaves. Cannot see any bugs. Those are something that have a lot of foliage and they very susceptible to all kinds of little bugs. Um, they'll get aphids, they'll get spider mites, they'll get um, a, a variety of, of things that'll just stop along there and and eat away at them. So best thing for nasturtiums, because they can also get the powdery mildew, is, is use pure spray green kind of once a week when you get into July, like when things start heating up. So I would uh, definitely do that. Give it a spray once a week. Gets rid of the powdery mildew. It also will get rid of any of those spider mites or bugs and things like that. Another question. Nor- Norway weeping spruce losing needles. Some browning on the needles. Will it recover? Um, it looks good for the most part. What it does need is a good watering. And then I'd give it a good shot of fertilizer, like a 30-10-10, and, and, and do that as well. And then one last question. My lilac is too big. I want to reduce it. How can I safely trim? Thinking of doing it after the leaves drop. And that's a big old Velocia lilac. And you can actually do that at any time. It's going to be one, depends how much you want to take off. If you just want to trim a couple feet off the top, just remember you're going to lose a lot of those blooms next spring. Um, if you trim it all off the top, it won't, you won't get any blooms. Or... It looks pretty healthy, though, so you might just want to trim up the sides and things like that. And you can also give our crew at uh, Prune It Up a call. They'd be more than happy to come by and give you a quote on that if you need some help with that for sure. Anyways, don't forget to get out and vote tomorrow. And uh, it is our, if you don't vote, you can't complain. So make sure you get out and vote. And we'll be back next weekend here on 770 CHQR, getting our garden on at 9 a.m. See you then.